This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris Style Podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Yor and Shotgun Spratling. Welcome to another episode of the Family Feud Podcast. I'm your host, Keely Yor, joined by cousin of the pod, Chris Trevino, and the ghost of Shotgun's Rattling. We thought we were going to get him back for this episode, and yet the man can't set an alarm. Yes. He's not dead. He's not dead, you but... You love doing the ghost of Shotgun's Rattling. He's alive and well. True. Quick fake corporate sponsor, uh... Alarm clocks. Get one. <laughs> Shotgun. Shotgun. Yes. Well, first off, apologies that it's been a while since we've had a Family Feud podcast. Shotgun was in quarantine for what felt like nine years. And then we finally got him back this week and he managed to screw it up still. <laughs> and Keely doesn't like doing podcasts just with me. That's so false. You just you just get different. Helium boys. I'm like going to internalize that and I'm going to dish it back out. I'm going to internalize that. And I'm going to dish it back out over the next 45 minutes or whatever. Sure. So we're calling an audible right now. We had a whole like normal in-season podcast plan, stock up, stock down, heard it on the sidelines, take it or leave it. But it just doesn't work when the trio isn't together. So we're going to do basically a reaction pod to the last 24 hours. Of course, you know, Clay Helton was fired. He's no longer USC's head coach. We got to see our first practice in the Dante Williams era, if you will. Uh, He took over as interim head coach. We got to talk to him after practice, athletic director Mike Bone, and then three of USC's four captains to see, you know, how they're kind of feeling after a major transition. So we'll talk about that. It'll be kind of a shorter episode because we want to get this up before Wednesday's practice. As a reminder, if you guys have questions or submissions for the pod, do email us at familyfeudpod at gmail.com. We appreciate you guys submitting to the show. We love hearing from you. Chris, like I just introed, it's going to be a unique episode, but it's a unique week. Clay Helton, no longer the man in charge. Wild. I just want to set the set the mood right quick. Maybe set the mood's the wrong turn of phrase there, but how I found out. I'm sure you guys have talked about it on Tunnel Vision. Kind of. But I just want to relay what I was doing Okay. when yeah. it came down. Like a down. I, moment. So as you know, in reporting, especially like college football reporting, every we we have this joke where like if someone is out doing something, we you always have to kind of give the other person a heads up like, hey, I'm going to go grocery shopping or something. I'm yeah. going, I'm leaving my computer. So if something happens, you hold down the fort. This is like seven days a week. Chris and I will like tell each other if we're going to be out for a bit we got it we're just like because something usually happens like my, something well, what's my response to you usually i'm like okay oh, oh you just what did you summon like, yeah what did you just summoning, summoning that news whenever he's gone for a couple hours so i had a really busy morning that morning i was out and about i was running a bunch of errands sent my ballot in went to costco i'm just astounded that the story did not break while i was in costco with poor service or whatever <laughs> 
But I was literally gotten home from Costco, unloaded everything, packed everything away. I was shirtless. I was eating some grapes and I was getting ready to work on some stories that I had put off until today, like some Washington State prep stuff. Yeah. So I was just graping. <laughs> graping. Putting on a, a movie to watch while I work. Nice. And then I get the text, Clay Helton's been fired from you in our group chat with with the whole team. And I wrote, oh my God. And as it was like, I feel like it was like one eleven or something. That was the time. I, it was like two. It was two. Okay, so time moved very slow, yes. uh, weirdly in yes. that in that that pocket. So, and usually, I'm very quick to jump on stuff when You're stuff Johnny happens. Johnny on the spot. But I was frozen, Keely. <laughs> I was a I was a popsicle deep frozen in the back of a in the back of a freezer, the one that's all froze. But I could not do anything. I was frozen for a little bit, like like at least like a minute. I was like. I'm overwhelmed right now. I don't know what to do. We have a Clay Helton is fired story from like two years ago. It's in the back archives. What do I do? Oh my God. I don't know. So luckily our 247 desk, shout out to the 247 desk. Shout shouts. They were ready. They had something going. We just used that because it, it didn't really matter at that point because everyone, every site in the world is going to have a Clay Helton is Yeah. We're not going to get It's like, like we're yeah. not going to, it, it, who cares? <laughs> The desk can get it up faster. They'll do it. So we let them do it. And shout out to them. They did a lot of like fleshed out content around that. Like, yeah. here's Dante Williams, what you need to know, what USC needs to look for in uh, its next coach, all that stuff. So that we could focus on other stuff. You guys obviously rushed to maybe broke, I don't know, 10 traffic laws getting to the studio. Okay. Well, first off, let me just say I do not promote reckless driving at all. And usually I never text and drive. This was just a very unique circumstance. I feel like I need to repent for the amount of scrolling, texting, and driving I oh, did. Oh, no. Yeah, it was not I hope there's no cops listening. Great. I'm sorry to all the cop community yeah. listeners. Um, I was driving away from Shotgun's house doing... We just did film study. And I have like every tweet alert known to man related to USC right, on. Because right. I, I was on high alert. I had a gut feeling that this was embarrassing enough that this would happen. And... Like, so much so that I texted you guys. I texted my roommates. Like, if something happens when I'm sleeping, Kool-Aid into my room, let me know. And so, Kool-Aid man into my room. Right. I didn't... Do you want to dump Kool-Aid on you? I didn't understand. <laughs> but but now, Kool-Aid man into the room. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man in, yeah. I feel like people just want us to talk about the news and not us finding out about the news. But and I... Look, first of all, everyone's talking about the news. Let true. us bring a unique perspective <laughs> unique to perspective the that news. that no one cares about. If you're, if you're listening to Family Feud, you know... It's, it gets weird here. It does. It gets weird here. It was your first time. Welcome. Yeah. We're not going to be straight laced. No. no. It gets weird here. I'm going to have a podcast with Ryan tomorrow, and I have some insider info that I'll drop on that, so stay tuned. But this is the yeah. Chris and Keeley show right yes. now. Yes. If you don't follow Keeley, follow Keeley. She's been Baskin Robbins and out here just scooping everyone. <laughs> She's got the scoop. She's got a good piece coming out later this week. Oh, so. wow. You're just dropping. Wow. Whatever. Okay. I okay. can do what I want. Shotgun's here. You can't talk over me. I have more time to talk. So <laughs> okay, let me true. let me talk. Yeah. So I pulled over on the side of the road. Was calling Ryan like a madman. Ryan, of course, was somehow getting a massage during this time. Was not answering. I called you and you just sounded stunned. I remember calling you and saying, are you okay? And you were like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's like. It's like your field general is like shell shocked in the yeah. heat of battle, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, now I'm rattled." It was a little weird because yeah. usually you're like, "Okay, we're doing this, we're doing this." I already have like 400 words up, blah 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 blah, and you were just 
flight or fr- fright freeze whatever that response is that was you fight or flight there's also fight flight or fawn Fawn. you like kind of like yeah that's me yeah i feel like i would fawn yeah i I think sometimes your brain just freezes i get that i definitely get one time i was playing this game where all i had to do was name a movie that had won an academy award and i had 30 seconds and i could not do it what i literally froze i could not do it that's what it felt like Okay. It's it's a running joke with my friends. Like, it's like the hardest thing to do. Like, name a movie with an Academy Award. It just any movie. I just couldn't do it. Wow. It's like that clip of name a woman. <laughs> name, <laughs> name a woman. Name any woman. And she couldn't yeah. do it for a dollar. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes that that's a real thing where your brain is just so yeah yep inundated. It makes sense. Anyway, we get to the studio. We do television craziness. Trojans live. We get to hear from Dante and Mike Bone, and then practice. We showed up to practice early to kind of get the feel. Did it feel different for you on Tuesday? It felt, I wrote this in my ghost notes, but it felt normal, but also somehow new. It felt a little like quiet. Like there was just yeah. kind of a, a quietness. It wasn't actually quiet, but there was kind of like lulls. It was lulls. like a, a, a calmness. A weird calm. It was like yeah. a eerie calm, I would say. Right. Everything felt normal except obviously no clay helton and a ton more media oh yeah we knew it was going to be there's four media trucks yeah everyone and their grandma had a camera at practice it was just very packed in the the media pen so that was the thing and then obviously just like dante yeah everyone that's just a dumb sentence i just said but dante (laughs) obviously all the attention was on dante and I spent a lot of time watching him in practice. Yeah. And I felt like he was he was confident. He, oh, yeah. He, he was ready for the moment. And obviously, it's just practice. You know, it's not the game or whatever. But he, I saw, from my perspective, it looked like he was, like, handling the moment. He was like, this is what I'm in charge. You could tell he was in charge. You could tell he was the head coach. Yeah. And, yeah, that was there kind wasn't, of my, He wasn't timid about it. Right. But that doesn't mean that he was like screaming or trying to show assert dominance. This is kind of just the MO of Dante to begin with. Like he's always had this calm, like confident personality that's like, I know what I'm doing and like I know people respect me. Right. You know, it's kind of like the you what you put out, what you get. He you know? didn't need to look, like you said, stomp and shout and show I'm the head coach. Yeah, visual. Look bit. at me now. Well done. Yeah, I'm just he he's probably here in, in the in the chair. But he was very you know, he he used his voice when he needed to there were a couple times where it was like come on come on get the energy going let's go or he would pull a player to the side and talk to them stuff yeah. like that and it was just like weird watching him like watch wide receiver routes right it was, it was just like a weird thing watching him watch special teams as closely as he was or not be with the dbs like every second i mean that, that was the funny thing he said after practice he said i'm a competitive person i root for my position group i root for the defense and he said it was really weird getting excited when the quarterback makes a good throw a and, and makes a, catch, a good baby. and that's the wide catch, receiver yeah. makes a good catch yeah so he was saying like it's it's a little weird to root for the whole team in practice but i think he's getting used to it but i thought it was interesting how i, I feel like a lot of people were like oh dante's new coach that means air raid's completely gone now yeah i mean that just seems like too much too quickly oh yeah you can't okay you got rid of clay helton the coach has been here for what six years that's major enough. Yeah. You don't need to go and make it 
not worse, but you you don't need to put more fuel to the fire. Yeah, fuel to the fire and, and another massive change and like okay, we needed to switch up the whole offense going to Washington State. No, you need to just get the new leader in place. Dante, you've done that. And then he just has to stabilize everything. You just... you Make just thir- the transition smoother. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to keep cutting everything up and just make it all More this... More chaotic. Yeah, yeah with, with these 18 to 22-year-olds. <laughs> Shots to shotgun. Shotgun says you need to keep them on their toes, but too much on their toes can be a bad thing too. Yeah. And Dante said that, you know, he had to observe the offense just to kind of get some of the, the lingo. You know, that's how much he was invested on the defensive side of things, obviously. So it, my point being, like, it wasn't like he was going to be like, I know the jet sweep pro right 18. That was a, <laughs> a Pop Warner play for me. And nice. I'm going to change it around. Like, he still needs to learn that lingo. Quick question. What was that? What was your role in that play? I was the tight end. I did the. the you did the. I did the sweep. You did the sweep. Yeah. Okay. Pro right. I was on the right side. Okay, nice. Thanks. Nice that it's stuck there in your brain. It's because I was so terrified because that meant I was getting the ball. So that was pro right 18 sweep. That was it. Yeah. A pitch to Johnny. But I'm Johnny. No? <laughs> Little Giants fans? If I you know that, tweet, I just tweet know, me out. I just know Icebox because that was me. Everyone goes, yeah. oh, you were Icebox. You should watch the movie. I probably should, yes. You should yes. watch the movie. Um, Dante also said, he kind of changed things up a little bit, not too much at practice. I feel like we were talking about we noticed more scout team work. Yeah. Um, and then obviously he started with an 11-11 period. Yeah, team run. They did the team, uh, the classic team warm-up. Um, and then, you know, the team usually breaks, gets together for a break. And then you notice all the coaches kind of migrate to this. Uh, to the, the the main field and then they broke and then like they were all starting getting hype and then they went to you know defense on one side offense on the other side little little team not full tackle um just kind of ones versus twos vice versa offense versus defense kind of drill and then they went into more of a you know what we've seen for the most of the year you know special teams individual work uh you know seven on seven later one on ones um but yes a little bit more scout is what the yeah. big pickup that that we noticed. Yeah. It was just so weird because this isn't the first time that I've had to observe this. You know? Like, okay, the main guy is gone and we're going to act like business as usual, but everyone knows that this is kind of weird to a certain extent. Like, it just felt... It, it brought me back to when I was covering USC as a college student and the whole Sark drama happened. It was really surreal just to have similar feelings to that, which I hadn't, I guess, really observed in a long time. And also just the fact that, as Ryan tweeted, we had seen Clay Hilton for over a decade at practice, mm-hmm. whether it was under uh, Lane Kiffin or Sark or as interim, as head coach, he was always there. And so the fact that he wasn't there, it was like, it almost felt like, oh, there's a substitute teacher or something. You know, it was a right. little weird in that sense because that's what we've known for so long. So that in itself was kind of weird. Like even thinking about like injury updates earlier on Tuesday, I was like, I'll ask Clay about that after practice. And I was like, oh, no, you no, won't. no, no you I will won't. not. It's, no, it's just, not. it's still surreal. And talking to some people around the program, it's definitely kind of surreal to them that it's actually done. You know, there was so much talking about it for so long that now that it's actually happened, I think it's it's taken everyone a little bit of like, it's made it a little surreal because it's been talked about so long, but it actually happened. Yeah. You push the big red button. It's done. Now this is the new world and you, it's going to be a wild, interesting uh, season. 
you know, we mentioned it several times. But we forget there's still a season. There's a game on Saturday. Kill, you're going. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, to Pullman. Pullman in like My two goodness. days. I know, which is just crazy. And I'm not even on this team, <laughs> you know, like I'm just covering it. I can only imagine what they're going through. But yeah, I mean, talking to Shotgun on Instant last night, I was like, oh, right. It's Washington State week. Like we still have to prep for that. And the team does. And so it's it's a lot to try and handle it. And Dante talked about that in his presser. He was like, we still have a, a team to, to face. And the last question he got was, well, what do you see? What are you seeing from Washington State? And to Dante's credit, he just rattled off all his scouting report on on wazoo but it's it's one of those things where again it's reminding me of clay helton takes over and usc has to go to south bend and play it's like oh right they're playing notre dame it's it's just kind of such a surreal moment because this is so usc it's just like how is this a pattern <laughs> but it is but it's also so early in the season too yeah it's and like week three i know and and ben griffiths talked about that he said not many times in sport do you get a reset button and so they're kind of treating this as a restart you know it's just one game that's what pull out said and uh and drake london when we talked to them it's just one game it's a north opponent and everyone still says the clay helton phrase they still control their own destiny and it's true i mean i think that's the smart timing about making this move when mike bone and brandon sosna and the whole athletic department did you still can salvage the season and I mean, it's questionable. Absolutely, yeah, you have the talent. You have the talent, but now you aren't in the the conundrum of picking up unimpressive wins and having a record that might not lend itself to firing your head coach. You know, I think that's right. every, that's what USC fans feared. That's given not the, hanging this, over their heads yeah, anymore. Yeah, and it's kind of a it's kind of like a who cares? Not a who cares, but they have house money. Thank they, you. They yeah. can't. They can't lose. Exactly. They can lose, but they won't lose because it's just everyone understands the situation. Yeah. But I think there is still expectation just because they are a talented team. They're going to win some games this year. Yeah. That, that's I I think that's safe to say. Yeah. They're not going to lose every game. And Ben even cited you know the 2016 team, the Rose Bowl team that started off with a crappy start, and yeah. they they went on this incredible run to meet, make the Rose Bowl. That is in play. Yeah. That is very doable with this schedule. Obviously, some things need to get happen on offense for them to sort of find a spark there to, yes. to help that out. Defense needs to get their mojo back. Yeah. But this is a talented team, and they can win some games, and they can win the South. Yeah. That, that's still all in play. It's just how they're going to respond to this. And I think it helps that Dante is well-respected with his team. He, like you said, he has the confidence. I think he can get it done. And, yeah, there's still a lot of football to be played. Yeah, Definitely. And what's interesting is talking about the playing with house money thing. I think USC fans, even if it's a subpar season, the fact that Helton's gone, they, they're fine. You know, they're like, okay, well, there's a new page turned already. And even just like in the engagements of my tweets and the, my mentions, like people are just genuinely more happier. Like it's, it's crazy just to see yeah. the turn. And I didn't realize how much the negativity not only affected me, but from team socials I've talked to affected everyone. You know, this was kind of a human moment. The reckoning of like, okay, he's gone. People were kind of like, there's a sigh of like, Okay, and maybe like the the harassment can kind of take a, a back seat now, and so it's just interesting to see fans support this team because there was a part of this where fans have been hating Helton for so long that I was like, do they lose the plot? Like, do they forget that they like this team and that they're rooting right. for USC? But I I'm a little shocked in how fast they're quickly behind the team again. So, and I think the booze in that sense that we heard on Saturday in the Coliseum did affect. Not only the team, but 
the admin. I think they were surprised by how loud the fans showed up in that sense. So I think that did ultimately impact the final decision. I'm kind of bummed there isn't a home game this week because I was I would be interested to see what the fan turnout would be. You know, if this was a home game, yeah. I feel like because just on the P alone, I kind of asked the question like, now that Helton is gone, are you going to be more engaged in this season? And the the response was overwhelmingly like, yes, I'm back in. I bought tickets to a game for the first time in like years. I'm going to Pullman with my kid or whatever. Wow, it's like yeah. it's like crazy. And, you know, Dante said his expectation is to sell out the Coliseum for the rest of the year. So I'm really excited what, to see what that Oregon State game looks like. Yeah. I, and I expect it's going to be a pretty good crowd, you know, that are going to come out and see this team, especially if they go into Washington State, they rebound, they handle business up there and come back with a home game. I think that's going to be a great as- atmosphere, maybe one of the best atmospheres we've seen in a while yeah and well that's what was so interesting about saturday i thought it was a great atmosphere to start off mm-hmm. you know the they turned the lights off the the fans were really Student into it section was popping again and i was standing near athletic department officials and they were kind of blown away by the response that the coliseum had at the start of the game and so if you can if the fans can do that again but multiply it against oregon state i think it would really send a message that like their apathy was really temporary and focused on one thing rather than they kind of lost sight of everything in this whole conundrum of the Helton era. Right. The cloud is gone. The skies are clear. You can come out. We'll see. We shall see. I do. Obviously, Helton lost his job. It's tough. Yeah. But also all the people whose job was it to just reply to us, fire Helton. They lost their jobs, too. Thank goodness. I got to say. It was frustrating, honestly. Like, it's our job to cover this team. And, like, I feel like people were kind of angry that we weren't doing it. You could write a great story about something and then it'd just be like, Fire Helton. Okay, Who well. Who cares, Fire Helton? Yeah. It's just, like, demoralizing. Yeah, and, and we're the, not even on the team. Right. <laughs> like, we're, we're just not, covering the we're team. We're not even on the team. You're right. And I'm just so excited to not have to deal with Helton questions during uh, when Shaka solicits questions for Family Feud. Yeah. R.I.P. to those questions. See that, see that you can do. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to do that. Now, you mentioned Cloudy, the skies. Cloudy, yes. Sorry, I thought you were referencing a character named Cloudy. <laughs> no. Yeah. Character in what? I don't know. Okay. A children's show? Come on, there's going to be a Cloudy. <laughs> sure. It will look be... it up while you ask me the question. Okay, it will be cloudy and rainy in Pullman, Washington. Do you like that transition, that really hard transition? Transitions are hard, and I think you, uh, I think you, uh, you succeeded with that one. <laughs> Thank you. It was just what's the weird thing about these weeks. These weeks, I say it like it's a reoccurring thing, but it has happened multiple times in my tenure as a reporter. When there's so much news, you forget like the minute details. Like I remember when when Drake London was talking to the media about Clay Helton, I was just glancing down, and his ankle was taped a ton. And in practice, we saw him look gimpy. Like, he looked frustrated that he couldn't make the cuts he wanted to make. And my brain was like, ask him about his ankle. Don't ask him about his ankle. It's not appropriate right now. But, like, there's still, like, game things that I want to cover. But it's like, there's so many more pressing things that it's like, how do you juggle all that, you know? Dante Williams, what is the status of Nick Figueroa? (laughs) Is he going to play? And he was dressed out. But I heard from a source that... Part of Dante's thing as head coach is he wants everyone, whether you're going to practice or not going to practice, you're going to dress out in whatever the uniform is for that day. So now that makes our jobs harder 
because usually it was easy to tell when guys came out, out with notepads yeah. or whatever. But that's kind of the new accountability thing we're hearing with Dante Williams. You know, you're going to be more united. And that's what he said after practice. He said, we want, basically, he said, we want more accountability, whether that's punishing someone for a play, a quarter, a half, or a game. Like, he wants to get the team in line. And so I think that's something that's needed. And we've talked about it prior. Maybe not led on to it as probably as much as we were hearing, but accountability has been an issue um, on the team. And that was just something that was lacking under Clay Helton. It's just he was, we all know, he was the the coach's the the player's coach, you know, he was very friendly, but that also meant that some necessary discipline issues kind of fell by the wayside. You get away with stuff. Yeah, pretty much. And so that doesn't breed good team chemistry at the end of the day. Right. That creates I'm trying to think of the word like Animosity. You see, you, yeah, or I mean if you tension? see some, if you see someone get away with stuff and then you don't get away with it, that's just gonna yeah. like why is this person getting special treatment? Yeah. Why does Shotgun get to show up late and he <laughs> or not at all and he gets official status membership and I don't. That's fair. What I, What's up with that? I mean, I'm in a mood today, so I could just revoke his status and make you official. Make him the interim. Put him on probation. OK, sure. You all heard it <laughs> on the sideline. Any takeaways from Mike Bone? What we heard from him? No, I mean, I feel like Mike Bone said everything that i expected him to say you know we're gonna do national search it's gonna be exhaustive uh he was asked about you know a timeline on it but he says you know we have time you, obviously it's not like the end of the season where you got early signing day coming up they have a couple months so they're gonna take their time with it which is what i expect you know he he left the door open obviously for dante to possibly you know come in and take that role uh, or you know maintain that that make it permanent make it permanent lose the uh lose the interim tag which is you know always the right move uh for an ad when you have an interim head coach always give them a chance so you know he didn't really say anything that like shocked me about anything um it was more or less uh what i expected him to say yeah same um and dante i don't know if you mentioned this but dante was saying he was asked about do you have aspirations to make this a permanent role and he said i'm just worried about today which Mm -hmm. is understandable i think it's an overwhelming thing to to take over and he was like i just want to be one to know on the day and that's kind of been his mantra so far and i think that's there i think both bone and williams are trying to kind of keep it in day-to-day day-to-day practice per practice bit of my bit and stuff like that yeah Yeah. because right now it's a lot i think internally it's a lot to handle yeah. yeah so i think it'll be Obviously, a lot smoother in a couple of weeks once yes. everything gets yeah. uh, smoothed out. Um, but you know who's not want to know today? Who? Shotgun's on one today. <laughs> Shotgun, you're on one day. You need big. You need big bounce back. This is just a roast session. I love it. Yeah, he's not gonna listen. Whatever. I know he's not gonna listen. <laughs> um, one more point before we do like a pseudo stock up, stock down portion quickly. I was really impressed with how USC's athletic department handled the firing. Like I remember with Sark and whatnot, it trickled out and players were finding out through Twitter and whatnot. And it was a clear priority that this admin wanted the players to find out from Clay, from Mike Bone, and not have it kind of be this leak thing. But at USC, everything leaks. First mm-hmm. of all, the leaks have stopped a lot since Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna came in. But also, something like this is huge. And I was told that they like had to 
bring in people very slowly to make sure it didn't leak. And it didn't leak. The players found out from Clay Helton and Helton apparently was gracious enough to talk to the team and tell them what was happening. And that's not really a, a thing that happens, you know, or a head coach gets fired and then addresses the team. But apparently they had a, a moment, just Helton and the players. Um, but I think it just speaks to how this admin really wants to do right by people and do right by the players. Like they didn't want it to be some spectacle. Um, and that's what I was told about the timing. You know, we had questions about why have Helton go out there in the Sunday night presser, if you know, that's going to happen. And basically what I was told was that, you know, the minute you change something in the schedule, that's not normal. The whole thing, the whole rumor mill drama button gets pressed. Just got to keep it on track. And that's, and that's what have undermined what they ultimately wanted to do, which was protect the players and have them find out firsthand, you know? And so that's basically why they did what they did. Yeah. And you could probably talk more about this, but, it sounds like, what's the word I'm looking for? It was it, it wasn't done until like right before everything. It wasn't like done like three hours before practice. No. Right? It was very like it was methodical. Yeah, there was, was very, a plan in place. There was precision about it. Like told Helton at this time, then you told Dante this time, and then you told everyone at this time within a span of like I don't know, like forty minutes, yeah, basically. So yeah, yeah. If you the longer you do that, the more it's gonna leak. So if yeah. you keep that window short, and then. And I believe uh, uh, Bone like thanked everyone about it, like it not being leaked or whatever. Yeah, I think the admin's really proud of the fact that I think it's. I think they see it as a testament to the people that they've hired and kept around them that they value the ultimate goal rather than you know trying to get this out or being the one to ha- like break the news via someone else. You know, so. I mean, honestly, that's a huge thing to pull off, especially because this is the story of the year for this department, you know? Maybe the story of the last couple of years, like when is he going to go and he finally is gone. Oh, absolutely, easily. And so, I mean, it kind of felt like, from what I've heard, like a spy mission of how they had to make sure everyone was on the same page and like things didn't leak and everything. But um, I think ultimately to do it in a, I would say, classy way, you know, so that Helton didn't find out somehow or Dante didn't find out somehow or the players. You know, I think ultimately I respect USC's athletic department for having that game plan and executing it. And I think they bought themselves a lot of goodwill with not only the players, but I think they really bought some goodwill around the sports community because it's not usually you don't handle things that cleanly. You know, it was a nice bounce back from what was it two years ago or a year ago where we had that window Oy, yeah. Well, you just did not know what those was good. 11 days. Yeah. We need to make a documentary about those 11 days where it just felt like it was just like so tense. Like you did not know oh, what was yeah. going to happen. Recruits recruits and their parents were like, what is happening? Like yeah. they're texting us like, what do we do? Like no one knew. It was just like this big uh, void of like unknown. Yeah. That's what it felt like. So this was a very stark contrast to that. It was yeah. like we handled it. We knew what we were going to do. Um, let's do it. And speaking of summoning news, that 11-day period, I remember being like, what if we just go to the movies? Like, that'll summon it. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go to a poorly uh, Wi-Fi, like, wire. Bad like, service Bad area. service area. That'll that'll do it. Yeah. We'll trick, we'll trick we'll the We'll trigger from, it. Yeah. yeah. It, but that never happened. Right. Yeah. I think I went on a long drive, and that's what did it. So, there you go. That's, how, that ha- that's the superstitious ways of being a reporter in college football. The craziness. The madness. 
Also, update: Cloudy is a character from Adventure Time. So okay, but I've never seen Adventure Time. Okay, fair enough. But that is also why would I reference this on this pod? We uh, reference weird things on this pod, uh, so that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Okay, let's do a pseudo stock up, stock down segment. Chris, you actually texted Shotgun to give us his submissions. <laughs> his stonks. Yeah. Would you I want? Mean, I d- I don't know how you want me to handle those. I just wanted to look at them. I, I think... just want him to cry that he can't because he was like fired up. He was like, I got stuff to say. He was, yeah. I got stuff to say, folks, but not not bad enough that you couldn't. Set multiple alarms. Yeah. (laughs) How about you say his stocks and I'll riff on them like I'm him. Okay. Oh, okay. So we're doing up? Yeah. He has no neutral, obviously. I think he submitted one. He, I, oh, 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 we just got a text from him that says stock neutral is very valid and right. And Keely has been right this whole time. Interesting. I'm, I'm, not, on, I'm not on that thread. So that will be interesting. Maybe he just sent it to me. Okay. That, yeah. That sounds accurate. <laughs> uh, stock up. So you're blind to these. Oh, no, no. You see them. But I do see them. Offensive line. I actually agree with this. I actually had this on mine too. Okay. So this is going to be like a group yeah, conversation. Yeah. With the spirit of shock and Spradling. I think they're playing well. Sometimes they're not they're not out physicaling. Physically? Out physicaling, yes. How, how do you say it? Out physically. I defer back to you. See? You don't out physicaling. Don't, don't dish it if you can't correct me. I was just pointing out what okay. you said. I cannot correct it. They cannot be more I sometimes they are not more physical than their opponent. There, that's but, better. I know, I'm trying to be articulate. But I don't think we're seeing just pure whiffs like we've seen in the past. We're mm-hmm. not seeing like a guy gets untouched. Big old whiff. You know. So I think Clay McGuire has done a good job to at least improve that. I think Keaton has more time than I'm. we're used to him having. Yep. It looks better. I think there's improvements. And and still, the PFF grades are coming out. I mean, it's been two weeks, but Liam Jimmins, Andrew Voorhees, they're grading out well. And the last week couple more guys graded out well too so overall i think that this has been an improvement for usc and that's it's great that it's two weeks into the season you know it's not like they struggled a lot in these first couple weeks and then you know we've seen this kind of play in the middle of the season it's early yeah that they've looked really good or or not really good, but they they look good and solid yeah, yeah they look very solid and that's a great sign for the long term of this offensive line like yeah. you know by like week eight you know they could be like locking it down and obviously with two redshirt freshman That's offensive tackles say. and there's been some switching obviously jonas yeah. played some left tackle you've you brought in the senior Jalen mckenzie the justin Dedich thing experiment has been working he's yeah. been doing great as a uh uh six man if you will six man starter off the bench uh, uh relieving some guys getting them some rest so i think that's all working out really well and yeah stock up on the uh offensive line yeah especially like you said considering that there are young guys at tackle that's a good sign for sure. I had stock up on Kyle Ford. Yeah. Because I think everyone but Drake London has like not really gone up in my book. It's kind of whatever. Shaky. It's kind of shaky. But, you know, Kyle Ford's a guy that we've been sort of like pounding the rock for. Like I think him and John Jackson for me, I think like, yeah, get those guys out there. Yeah. Give them some burn, you know, and they got in really late of this Stanford blowout. And Kyle Ford looked great out there. He he was playing like it was like fourth quarter of a seven point game. He yeah. was out there trying to prove like, hey, I can be a guy 
gave me the ball. He almost scored. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, he showed on a, obviously he didn't get to play in uh, week one. You talked to him about that. And then week two comes in at garbage time and kind of, obviously it's garbage time, but still. Yeah. Just give him some reps in the first quarter. You guys, you obviously need spark yeah. on this, on this wide receiver unit. So he's a former five star. I know he's had the knee issues, but give him the rock. Yeah. I mean, I talked to him on Tuesday last week because I was just curious, like, is it still an injury thing? Are you waiting to get fully cleared for game time? And he said, no, I'm ready to go. He basically said he's 95%, but not enough. That 5% isn't enough to, like, limit him in that sense. Right. And he was like, to be honest, I expected to play against San Jose State. So he was like, it's not an injury thing. So it was kind of that little elephant in the room a little bit about, like, yeah, I, I didn't get playing time and I'm not sure why. So... Something to watch for going going forward for sure. So I'm giving you one guess, of his stocks now. I guess. I mean, I can also chime in, but I figured we should give. Do you have anything? I am stocked down. I don't really have a lot of stock up. Okay, that's fair. We're almost done. Okay. Uh, for him, he said fan support. I would agree. I mean, we kind of talked about it a yeah. little bit. Um, student section has been. Student section s- has shown out. Super lit yeah <laughs> super super lit uh so far so kudos to them yeah as someone who used to rank student sections when i was covering high school sports when oh, i would go to games i'd nice. i do a, a ranking okay i should bring that back and just do a ranking for them um, i wonder if there's anyone in the student section that actually listens to podcasts if you somehow are please tweet at us i'm just curious what do you mean podcasts this podcast this podcast you, yeah. you just made it like i wonder if anyone listens to podcasts well, i don't know if like I'm I'm acting like I'm 50 years old, but like right. I don't know if that demographic listens to podcasts. Even though at that age I listened to podcasts, it's all barstool. It's barstool. <laughs> I, it came out weird. I thought you were gonna let it go, but you didn't. So <laughs> barstool, <laughs> barstool. Oh. Shopkeep, bring me that barstool. Is this when you tell like. the people about how you do a 1920s radio announcer at practice sometimes? Yeah, I'm not ready to like break that out yet. But okay. we're up in the the pool deck, and we have scout defense going against offense like right under us i like to do uh like 1920s uh uh calls on the plays so <laughs> it's pretty entertaining i'll say that yeah we don't get a taste of it you don't get to show the people no i'll wait till like shotguns here or something okay. to kind of it's not obviously perfect okay uh, but it all is on the spot so yeah you you can tell it's on the spot but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll i'll save okay. that okay okay we'll just give a little tease yeah yeah little tease what else do you have on stock up uh, I we both had or not. I'm pointing to shotgun. Yes, Solomon I'm, I'm... Tulia Pupu. Yeah, yeah, got in for a play, a single play on a punt return. But man, that's just so great to see. Obviously, week one was the first time he's ever been dressed out. Uh, so crazy for Full a uniform. USC game. Yeah, and then obviously his first play ever as a USC Trojan. Um. Again, continues to look really strong in uh, scout team. He yeah, Tuesday blew, on scout team. He not blew up, but he popped the crap out of uh, <laughs> Keontae Ingram on a when he was coming in on a blitz, and Keontae he was like, okay, stunned by Levin. Yeah. He gave him a little bit like a pat on the like, yeah, you you got me there. You came in. Yeah. Um. So you know, I talked to a source that said the plan was for him to play more, okay. a little bit more than he did, but they'll take the one play. Um. So progress. hopefully, progress. 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 You know. That is just huge alone. Yeah. Just to get him on the field. Yeah. So 
super happy for him. I don't, I, I'm not making any secrets about it that I'm rooting hard for Solo. I've known him. He's someone I I met one of the first recruits I ever really like interviewed. Wow. When I when I when I started covering uh, recruiting and started working at two four seven, so I've known him a long time. I've known his family a long time. So really excited to see him out there. Hopefully, you know, we keep building, keep building on that, and you know, I think he could play some defense this year. You know, by the end, I think that's what the goal is. So even. Maybe even just special teams this year, but I think that could be a attainable goal. Just for the fact, sorry about this. No, just good. the fact that he participated on Saturday and then was still a menace on scout teams on Tuesday was huge for me because I was like, okay, maybe he might have to take a step back or who knows. I was a little worried on Tuesday because I didn't see him. We didn't come see, out. It, yeah. But to be fair, the jerseys were swapped, so we were very <laughs> confused. And it was, it was like Dante's hard. first day, so it was like a lot going on. There was a lot going on. There's a lot of people, you know? Yeah, so, but I saw him fully dressed. Obviously, we just mentioned, made a great play in Scout. So yep. he was out there, was a little bit worried for a second. I was like, I don't see Solo. That's But but he was out there, so yeah. and that was to him. Yeah, that was also on Shotgun Stock Up. So yep. do you have any more Stock Up? I think that's about it. I actually got rid of some because oh. obviously things have changed. I had <laughs> Stock Up on the hot seat. <laughs> but now it's stocked down yeah, on the hot that's seat because the most it's, down. it's cool now. Oh, it's. I, I it's would say stock t- up on Dante Williams. Yeah. Just because he's getting this opportunity. National profile now? National profile. He's already been obviously regarded as a top five recruiter in the country. Yeah. He's never been a coordinator. So this is like not a massive jump, but it is a jump for him. So he's going to have an opportunity to prove himself. Yeah. Um. So just a great opportunity for him and his family. You know, first African American coach at USC. So huge. You know, big, 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 big history right there. So, you know, can't you can't not put Dante Williams on stock up. So that's a great point. Th- that's that's probably the only one I would just add. Yeah. Out there. No, I think that's a, a good point indeed. Also, it was a weird came out of my mouth. Weird. Also. Also, Michael Hutchings stock up for him. Oh, yes, absolutely. You take it away. You broke that story. Yeah. I mean, that was something that came out quickly in the aftermath of the Helton stuff and I guess no one, no one really like that's not like something that really matters in the moment but like obviously there's only nine full-time coaches with the clay gone you have to you want to get that 10th spot you don't want to be you know down a coach down a coach the whole season you know they can do full-time recruiting they can travel the games and stuff or like recruiting trips and stuff so you know I think that makes sense Michael Hutchings he's gonna the former standout linebacker he's gonna be working with the linebackers I watched them a little bit. It looks like he's like more like in the group doing the stuff. And then Orlando's more like on the outside watching and like mm-hmm. giving coaching and stuff from the outside while Hutching, Hutchings is actually in there. So great opportunity for him. I know he got a little bit of maybe some other schools were looking at him for a full-time, full-time position on their staff. Mm. But he you know came back. So this would be a great opportunity to showcase yeah. what he can do. Yeah, definitely a good trial run for him in that sense. Yeah, It's crazy. Shaq and I were talking about it. We've basically covered his whole career. Right. So it's it's fun to see guys elevate in mm-hmm. their career and stuff like that. So he's always been a really nice guy. So happy for him about that. I just don't have stock neutral. I Even though Shotgun was like, please, please represent stock neutral. I don't like I guess the only thing I would say stock neutral is maybe accountability and it's neutral in the sense that it's been an issue. And I think with Dante coming in, it's going to be it's going to try to be fixed. So I can't say it's really stock up, but it's stock neutral. I would say. I don't really have anything to add with that because I'm like, I still haven't officially chosen what team I'm on and I won't. 
until I'm official member. Well, I feel like you're not trying to pick because you don't want to offend me if you don't pick stock neutral because I do have powers that decide your future. Like magic powers? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so are you saying I'm neutral on the idea of picking oh, a side? You're stock neutral. It's too meta. I, that's too meta. Okay. I hate that I did that. Okay. Stock down. Who you got? Uh... Do you want me to go to shotguns or do you want me to go? Um, you go first. I had pass rush. Yes. Yes. Good because point. it's two weeks in. I was very high on this defensive line. I still am, but no sacks in two weeks. Yeah. And I know Orlando mentioned it week one. It's like people get caught up in sacks, but like sacks are important. They're big plays. Yeah. They're They're negative plays. They can lead to turnovers and stuff like that. So... You know, it worked in week one just because Starkel was clearly getting off his spot. They picked off two passes. But McKee was just a lot of time back there. Yeah. Um, picking apart with that secondary. You yeah, know. you saw what that did, not having that pressure on him. Yeah. It really strained USC secondary. Yeah, I mean, and Corey Foreman only played like less than five snaps. So he couldn't really give that five-star pass rush that, you know, he had in high school. And Drake Jackson, you know, he does have the interception, but... Not a sack this season, obviously, and you know he said kinda, it was his money year. Said it was his money year, and you know, still, still a lot of games left. Yes. He could go on a, on a run, but they need to figure out some of that pass rush. And you know, it doesn't help that Nick Figueroa has been banged up with a shoulder injury. He missed the second half again, so he's only played essentially one game of football wow. in yeah. two, 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 two weeks. So, you know, he was a sack leader last year, so that's a big blow. So, pass rush. Yeah. Stock down. Yeah. I had stocked down in just a similar vein on USC's corners. That's something where I think we expected them to play better. And this was the interesting thing. Hearing Dante Williams on, t- not Tunnel Vision, uh, Trojans Live, he was like, this was the first time in my career that I've been in the box at USC. Usually he's on the field. And Nivar is kind of the secondary coach that's on the field, um, or at least has been in this uh, defensive staff configuration. And so obviously Dante's going to move down to the field, but I feel like that's a, that was kind of a, a wasted opportunity not having Dante on the field because Saturday is the perfect example where having Dante down there would really help. We see in practice how hands-on he is, how technical he is when he coaches, and so there's only so much you can convey over a phone, yeah. you know. And so I think guys just look turned around. I mean, Isaac Taylor Stewart was getting picked on. turned around. Turned around. He was getting picked on. And I think having Dante on the field would have done something. It would have improved something. It had to because he wouldn't let that slide if he was like physically there. So to me, Stockdown on the corners, Stockdown on not utilizing your talent basically to its best ability, meaning Dante. I think, you know, and now I don't know the dynamics of how it works and Nivar is better calling things on the field or whatever. I don't know the internal dynamics, so maybe I'm just being critical for no reason. But I do think Saturday is a perfect example example why a coach who is very hands-on and has been on the field his whole coaching tenure should be on the field still. Yeah, and he kind of gave an example of it. Like He likes looking in a player's eyes. He's And he likes seeing, when he does that, he can see what's going on with them. Like, you know, are they? Do they look like a deer in a headlights? Are they? Are they shell shocked? Do they look like a lost dog or something? That's what his his quote was. Or are you? Can can he see in their in their face? Like, yeah, I made a mistake, but I'm ready to go out there and compete again. He can see that. You can't get that on the phone. 
he, he likes to see that on the field. So, you know, maybe he would have seen something like that if he looked in the eyes of his cornerbacks out there. Maybe he would have made a switch uh, a little bit more because I don't think the, the backups played a lot based off shotgun snaps. It was a lot of ITS in, in Chris Steele. Yeah. Not as much in, in week one where Jaden Williams and Josh Jackson got a lot more yeah. a lot more burn. Um, so and I, I can uh, I can sympathize with Dante Williams because I'm kind of the opposite. I'm used to my whole career in the box and I got put on the field and it's like <laughs> You did a great job. I, I saw it in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you were ready to play. Thank you. But I could also just by the way he said it, I feel like he did not like being up in the box. It did seem, it a, seemed little, like, a little You're gonna put me in the box, okay, but my heart's on the sideline. That's kind of felt he's like super happy to be back. That was my interpretation. That was me this season. I yeah. was in the box for 2020, and now I'm back on the field. You're, and going, I really like you're it. going in the box. Yeah, uh, I'm going this with week. Pullman. I'm going in the box. But this is the one time where I'm going to be like, I'll take it because it's supposed to be like there's a 90% chance of rain. So right. that's that's fine. That's fine by me. Also, for the cornerback, stock down for costly penalties. And there were points where Chris Steele kind of did the cornerback braggy thing. Celebrate. Yeah, which kind of doesn't sit right when you're getting blown out. I'm going to start doing that after. Point, great points I make. Do it. Like every time Shotgun says, that's a good point. You just did it. You got to describe what you're doing. Oh, you know, like the. Incomplete. Like incomplete. Yeah. Yeah. I like mean, you're yes. A bird. Specifically, yes. they had three very costly penalties yes. on one drive. Yes. That. Can't let that happen. One was on a third down. Yeah. One was a negated a big hit by Kalen Bullock. That was a crispy hit. Sticks with the stick. Crispy. And then one that reset them to go for it on, made a fourth and seven or something, make it like a fourth and two. And they were like, you know what? Let's go for it. Punch it in. Four point swing. So yeah, not a great showing. No. Shotgun also had stock down for the secondary. Yeah. So, so that's that's one of them. He also had stock down for tight end production. Now, this is where we can't go fully shotgunny. We can't do the shotgun thing. Yeah, we can't. I'm sorry. But he did kind of give us a preview in practice when he was talking about it. Apparently, and the numbers will come out soon, I think, based on when he gets it up. But when USC had two tight end sets on the field, they did not produce well. Apparently, they're... To quote him, they were poopy. Is that what he said? No. <laughs> okay. But I think... That's a misuse of to quote him. Yeah. Degree or not degree? I think he said uh, when they were in 22 personnel, they averaged like two yards a play. Yeah, something like that. Not Not great. Not great. So, So, yeah. After what was a weird week one where there was a lot of tight ends, they scored a touchdown. And it seemed like the numbers backed up. They were kind of good in that personnel. And then it just like take a step back. So, not great. Clear uh, stock down. In that sense, I had stock down for Graham Harrell and his scheme. Yeah, I think this is finally the turning point where I think collectively we're all like, what's going on with this? You know, it's year three. You have year three quarterback, Keenan Slovis, who he ha- loves, you know, like that's his guy. And yet it's not looking like. And you seem to have a decent O-line this year. Yeah, it, that's what I, yeah. a run game that's like. Functioning. Functioning, yes. <laughs> it has a pulse. Yeah. And like I said last week, it's labored. It's clunky. It's not. It's not even like a, a a well-functioning offense at this point, let alone an air raid, you know, where it's like we're going to score at least 40-ish points a game, Yeah, you know? They it's, had 13 points it's through the third. It is struggling. And I don't know if they have the answers for that. Yeah. You know, I talked to Graham Harrell after the game, and 
it was odd. He kind of basically blamed it on the players. Now, looking back at the film, there were times when guys let go of their blocks early, and that's something that he talked about. He talked about how it seemed like the Stanford defense wanted it more than the offense at times, USC's offense. And there were times where that showed up on film. But at the same time, like, that can't be if that's one game and your offense is functioning perfectly every other game, like I, that's a valuable or that's a a valid excuse. But if it's just not overall functioning well, like I, I just thought it was kind of odd that he basically there. I I just felt like there was not really a lot of accountability taken or at least spreading the blame also on his coaching staff. You know, I thought it was a little, a little odd just hearing how much it was placed on the players. Is it, Struggling enough to where you're like, does it remind you of a nice gumbo soup? <laughs> I think Are we so, at that point yet? I think someone on the P said it's gumbo raid. Yeah. The weird thing is like, now correct me if I'm wrong. You saw every play snap anything in fall camp. You had eagle eye. More or less. What we're seeing in games, I don't think reflects exactly what we saw in fall camp. Like splitting out the tight ends, like stuff like that. I felt like we saw a lot more wide receiver action than we did necessarily tight ends. Yeah, I would agree with that. It just there's something where it feels a little different from what we were seeing for the past like four weeks. Well, we saw we saw like a lot of different receivers in there. Yeah, but he, here we don't see a, in games we don't see a lot of receivers. Yeah, that's what's weird. We to saw me. a little bit more this week. Yeah. But not the ones I've been advocating for. Yeah. So did it change? I don't know. Obviously, they got Manjack a little bit more involved. Trig got his first catch. Yeah. Um, it seems like they're really trying to push Trig now. Um, yeah. Because they need playmakers. But the playbook is a, a question mark for him right now. You can kind of see. I mean, like sometimes he needed to get lined up. Like people were adjusting where he was. So wasn't there a timeout, timeout burned? I don't think for Trig, no. Um, but, but overall, I just think like the Titans are getting much more prominence than I guess I think we saw in fall camp. I don't know. It just, it it feels different, you know? And I thought, okay, maybe this is a San Jose state thing. They don't want to show everything, but then it was like, okay, you're losing to Stanford. Why not open it up a little bit more, you know? Right. So one more stock down via shotgun. He had stocked down on special teams. I think that's self-explanatory. I also didn't think we would see the same number on special teams twice. The Greg Johnson, Gary Bryant issue. But we did. So apparently it's not just beholden to John Baxter. I do love an oversized jersey of a smaller guy. So True. And I would say stock up on Alex Stadhouse, who came in and did his job. True. That's I got good. to talk to him. He was he was very excited for, you know what he did on Saturday, come in, hit his first two field goals of his career. Um, stepped in when a guy was cliche, you know, next man up, but next he, man up. he uh, personified that yeah. on Saturday. So I love it when guys get like the full media scrum attention. Right. They don't normally. I was like, you go Alex Stedhouse. I will, get that media n- scrum. I will never turn down talking to a kicker after whatever. Because you're a former kicker. As a former kicker, you know, got to show like kicker love. Alliance. Yeah, kicker Not love. Not the alliance, but a different alliance. Got to look out for each other. Yeah. Got to kick each other's backs. <laughs> totally. It's a, it's a kicker thing. Oh, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, so. I wouldn't. Kick I each wouldn't. other's backs. <laughs> got it. If you got any former kickers, like, 
you tweeted know. us. Yeah, Hashtag tweet us. kick each other's kick backs. Kick each other's backs. They know. The real ones know. <laughs> okay, Chris. Any, this was, like I said at the top of the show, this was an audible weird show. Sorry that it wasn't like the most like professional formatted observation. Don't apologize. I don't know. I feel like some people are like. This is our show. We can do what we want. This is our show. We can do what we want to. That was a Miley Cyrus reference, and oh. I probably should cut that out. Um, no, leave it in. <laughs> serves the point. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, this is not how it's always going to be, but it's madness right now. It's always madness when the coach gets fired in midseason, let alone week two slash three. We're running on a little sleep. This was just our initial observations of the last 24 hours um, post Clay Hilton. The Dante Williams era is now in effect. Any final thoughts, Chris, before we wrap up this Audible podcast? Audible? No, I just think, um, you know, leaving on Saturday, there was like, you could feel like that low point. But now it's like, I don't know, fresh and new. It's like, there's just, it feels like hope a little bit for fans. And yeah. there's there's like a renewed energy, like you talked about with like on social media and yeah. like the the pair style people are, are engaged in the season again. So for us, it's going to be a, a interesting season to cover. Yeah, and you know, never team, a dull moment at USC. Yeah, I mean this this team could go six and six, and it'd still be an eventful season to cover, or they could run the table, win the Pac-12 South, and go to the championship. I don't know. Yeah, but I think it's going to be interesting just because of all the craziness and you know a new era of usc football is upon us so crazy it's crazy. it's still sinking in yeah it's it's very odd but we're here we're here so we'll cover it we'll stay tuned to our coverage uh we're trying to give you everything that we've got to cover this new era it's interesting and join the peristyle 60 yes. percent off boom boom annual uh membership that's like four bucks a month yeah. for a whole year yeah. Well, per month for a year. You you know what I'm saying. But <laughs> join in right now. You know, the head coaching sale we have. Yeah. Our hot board's up. Hot board. Should be a lit war room. <laughs> so get in there. Get in there. Get in there. So, yeah, you can find that uh, sale link on our site, uscfootball.com. So this is me making the plug. Plug, plug. As the plug, as the content plug. So You are. There you go. What do you call yourself earlier? The battle, battle general? The, yeah. Because the, you were stunned? Uh, yeah, the the field general, I think. Field general. I don't. I don't know if I like that. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, okay. That's okay. But you're the cousin of the pot. Content in chief. Content in chief. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Okay, that's gonna wrap up an interesting podcast, a unique podcast, but it's a unique week. Alrighty, we'll talk to you guys next time. Hopefully, we'll have a, a regular family feud next week. Let's let's bank on that. Hopefully. Everyone together, collectively, cross your fingers and send an alarm clock to Shotgun Spratly. Alrighty, that's going to wrap it up. That's because of the podcast review now. I'm Kilior. We'll see y'all next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 